Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game. Hope you all had a wonderful barbecue-filled Labor Day weekend. I, of course, did not. <laughs> I did work, although I am coming to you on a Tuesday evening, just a few hours short of taping the hour-long with special guests this week, the FamPod, only because my active solo founder rebellion yesterday was instead of cranking out a recap pod for you all in a timely fashion, I decided I was going to go play Madden 18 all day, take my Seattle Seahawks franchise just short of the Super Bowl. What can you do? A lot of injuries. Anyways, let's jump into these, into these call sheets. Real quick, though, I did see a movie over the weekend, uh, at the theaters at least, and it was the much maligned Tulip Fever. And you know what? It actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't great either, but it wasn't that bad. You know I'm a sucker for historical fiction. It definitely satisfied that point. You're talking like 16th, 17th century Amsterdam, I think, where they wear stuff like this. Look at that nice, frilly whatever that thing is, fan around his neck, uh, nice big dresses and corsets and all that good stuff. Alicia Vikander, she of, of uh, that, that robot movie fame and also uh, famously dated or is still dating, uh, Michael Fassbender. Um, not that her acting work does not stand out on its own. Uh, actually, she was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, for um, that movie with uh, Eddie Redmayne. God, you know, she's, she, right now she's queen of the of the indie darling period movie uh and shows him once again in this movie dane DeHaan. i mean i kind of want to say he can't catch a break but i just don't know about him as an actor uh, i mean uh, hollywood really wants to make him happen but it, it really doesn't bring anything to the role to any role uh, otherwise it was fine i mean she you know basic plot is uh during tulip mania in uh, 17th century Amsterdam, where tulips were selling, as a lot of people will liken to today, like bitcoins, <clears throat> uh, you know, almost irrationally with no sense, <clears throat> and and how these tulips had really no intrinsic value beside their beauty. Although I would debate that bitcoin has a lot of intrinsic value. Holla at me at blacksandbitcoin.com. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, you know, she uh, in the middle of tulip mania, she falls in love with this painter, this artist who's painting the portrait of her and her older husband. It's a loveless marriage. She, he kind of saved her for, from an orphanage and a life of destitution uh, so that she will bear him a child and they haven't been able to conceive yet. And it's this big thing, it's a big issue. And so this big weird plot um, involving like fake pregnancies and all sorts of crap. And it, I just, it, it, it gets kind of weird down the stretch. And, and then in order to, to afford a lifestyle where you can properly kind of court her. Dane DeHaan's character, the artist, uh, you know, decides he's going to go all in on tulips, tulip bulbs. And it's just a big mess towards the end. I originally gave it three reels because it was engaging enough. And, 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 you know, love story was fine. It was okay. Like I enjoyed it fine. But, but the more I think about this movie and, and the last act totally falls apart, it's totally collapses. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ah, this thing was not that great. So maybe it's more of a two reel movie. I take it back. Not three reels, two reels. Anyways, <clears throat> I mean, you could do worse as far as historical fiction, um, nice big frilly gowns and dresses and stuff. 
Um, but you can see why this movie sat on the shelf at the studio for three years. It's been delayed for three years. It's never a good sign. And it similarly bombed, made $1.4 million over the four-day weekend on 765 screens. So, total bomb. Okay, so that's what I watched this weekend. What did you watch this weekend? <laughs> All right, so anyways, let's check. Let's take a look at, at uh, some of these completed call sheets from last weekend a light turnout as to be expected uh labor day y'all are getting your last bit of summer in can't be mad at you and first place in the feature pre presentation was oh look oh my it's yours truly your boy eduardo jackson ceo founder creator of the cinema draft game squeaking it out with 127.99 points also tied tied for the call sheet of the week. And the strategy here was real simple. It was all Haslow all the time. I max stacked it. There's only seven available actors for Haslow, Como, Hombre. That's our 3F, our foreign-focused film of the weekend. It was on 382 screens. Uh, and if it weren't for Boxo's Pro Projecting, it would do so well. They estimated $3 million over the four-day weekend. What did it finally end up doing? I don't think it did nearly that much. Uh, it did... What did Haslow do? Oh, is this... Can oh, there we go. Haslow did... There we go. Uh, 1.4 million over the three-day weekend. So a tick above Tulip Fever. <laughs> Uh, woo, um, half of May screens did a little more box office. Owned! Yes, uh, How's It Come Ombre? That was a place to be once I saw that recommendation, that projection. I mean, inflated as it was. I mean, missed the mark by like, you know, by double. But considering this is going to be platform release, I figured. Is it, it was worth a shot because if it came, if it did even half of this, which is almost what it did, then you're looking at 15 points. In my case, 11.52 points. Can't get that kind of value in any other slot. Look at it, 24 grand left over because I just I max stacked it. all seven actors. Uh, I took Hitman's Bodyguard headliner stack for good measure, so that got me to 14 uh, points. And then Girls Trip headliner, seven 7700 for 6.47 points which I do believe led the weekend for limited releases. Yes, it did. 10th place, the box office, another 2.8 million over the four-day weekend. Actually, click three-day weekend. We scored ours off the three-day weekend. Yep, there it goes, 2.3 million over the three-day weekend. It's really impressive, man. It's really, really impressive. Um, I mean, it's in its... That can't be... Okay, here we go. It's, it's in its seventh week. You know, eighth weekend essentially, and over it's made a, over 111 million on 19 million budget. Now, on our rule of 2.87, which is a movie generally needs to make 2.87 times its budget to recoup all of its marketing costs and and budget costs and and prints and advertising and everything like that, it only needed 54.53 million. I mean, the studio's laughing to the bank. I mean, laughing to the bank on that one. So, congrats on that girl's trip. So, yeah, so that was my strategy. Proved pretty effective. Uh, and even though I, I pretty much figured out, even if I didn't know I was right or I was going to be right, I figured out that was my only strategy. So, I put this call sheet 
for a change in all five contests. Okay, so let's take a look at second. Second, the God of Cheese, 126.48, just off by about a point and a half. And he also had a max stack of, of Hoslo Como. He had, a, he had Hitman Bodyguard a headliner stack. And he had uh, Terry Gar from Close Encounters of Third Kind. You're going to see most of these top call sheets had a similar construction. Uh, it was basically, you know, a as Jay Devlin would say, a one a one after call sheet week because you're gonna find most of the, the, the high performing contests had a nine had a nine actor uh, correlation. So his uh, deviance uh, deviation was uh, close encounters of the third kind, and the reason why they did, that did not work is because it only made. 1.76 million over that week in the 901 screens. That's limited release. You can see it's a good 400,000 behind Girl Strip. And that was the deciding factor. So we're just going to call this the standard unless proven otherwise. In a tie for third. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. This is a three way tie. So it's a three way tie between God of Cheese. Gamble 24x7 and Ringballs 22. No, a four-way tie. Damn. And our boy Jay Devlin, who was on this podcast, uh, talking about his call sheet. They all did uh, an actor from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He went with uh, Richard Dreyfus, I guess. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a one, two, three, a four-way tie for second. So that takes us all the way down to uh, Michael Volante in sixth. And he also tied for sixth. Uh, who did he tie with? He tied with, let me get this correct. Excellent. Back into the winner's column this week. Congratulations. Excellent. Fre uh, fresh off of snapping his 19-game cashing, uh, his 19-week cash streak. Very impressive. Uh, so in this, one, he, uh, in this one, Michael Volante's got the standard, plus instead of, uh, his limited release headliner is Philip Ng from Birth of the Dragon, which came in just less than 0 0.10 points behind the Close Encounters folks. Uh, let's see. What else? Smart Ash. Hey. Ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. Missed you. She's back playing this week. And so she had a four-pack of Haslow a three-pack of Hitman's Bodyguard, including the headliner stack of Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, a headliner stack from Annabelle Creation, and then Terry Gar from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, and 12,500 remaining. It's really actually a pretty fine call sheet. She probably could have gotten a couple points closer, some points some change, maybe two and a half points closer if she had gone with, if she had gone with uh, Girls Trip, even still, actually about a point and some change. Even still, though, 122.61, um, you, you just can't make up the value of Haslow. I mean, Haslow, once you get past the headliner stack, I mean, 11.8 11, 11 points. Especially, I mean, actually, value or price, salary doesn't really factor into it this week because everyone's going to have money left over. You really, I mean, you honestly, I don't think you could have spent, unless you had, even with an eight-pack of, of Hitman's Bodyguard, you really couldn't have spent all your money and and uh, and won. It's what, you know it would have been interesting? So I wonder if someone had actually max stacked. And I don't think anyone did this, but someone max stacked 
Hitman's Bodyguard. This is interesting. Okay, let, let, let me do the math real quick. I'm very curious. I wonder if someone in Max Stack Hitman's Bodyguard threw in Girls Trip for for a headliner uh, for a limited release, and then a Haslo Como Hombre for uh, headliner for uh, your platform. I wonder if that would have won. So let's see. So Hitman's Bodyguard 14.74 times two, 29.48. 10.53 times 6 plus 29.48 plus uh, we're looking at 6.47 plus 16.52. That can't be right. Hold on a second. Sorry while I do live math here. I know it's thrilling. Yeah, okay, that's, that's right. So 10... 0.53 times 6 plus 29.48 plus 6.47 girls trip plus 16.52 which is the headline from homo wow and it only tops out at 115.65 so you have to have the seven pack from 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 homo and uh, the and the headliner stack from hitman's bodyguard Wow. So yeah, you, you could have max stacked Hitman's Bodyguard out, and you still couldn't have won. It, it, this I, I think this is the optimal call sheet, uh, or mine is was the optimal call sheet. Okay. So, but a really valiant effort by Smart Ash. Enjoy the cash. And oh, looky here, the Draft Mom sneaks into ninth place. No money, of course. Take a look at the Draft Mom's call sheet real quick. She had a five-pack of Hitman's Bodyguard, a headliner stack of Homo Como Ombre, and, uh, and this is where she went off the rails. She headliner stack Get Big, which is just not necessary. Um, she had 11,000 left over. She could have done anything else. And then Richard Dreyfuss from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 101.87. Congratulations, Mom. You win no money as an employee or family member of a Cinema Draft employee. And then Drew Zod bring up the rear in in tenth, last cash spot. Just I'm just gonna cover his as well since there were so much correlation in these earlier contests. And looks like a four pack Hitman's Bodyguard, a headliner stack of Logan Lucky, headliner stack from Annabelle Creation, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger headlining Terminator 2, Judgment Day 3D, and Richard Dreyfuss headlining Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Good for 93.94 points, and he just edged out for the money. Ray Kinsella, tough weekend for Ray Kinsella. He's seeing his his call sheet leading all weekend. He's feeling good about himself as well he should. And then when it came time for weekend actuals, the Hoslo people caught up. Everybody who had Hoslo como hombre. Uh, it did not register throughout the weekend. You were getting a goose egg throughout the weekend. But now it finally made up during my hand scoring. So apologies, Ray Kinsella. You fought a good fight. And he actually did try to stack as much Hitman's Bodyguard as possible. He had one, two, three, four. He had a five-pack Hitman's Bodyguard, a headliner stack of Annabelle Creation, uh, Jacqueline Fernandez from A Gentleman, uh, headline, Channing Tatum headlining Logan Lucky, and then Alicia Vikander headlining Tulip Fever. Uh, and and as we mentioned, you really had to have Haslo Como Hombre in here. Honestly, if you had even one Haslo, let's say if he swapped out a gentleman for Haslo, 
uh, headliner, that would have been worth another. That that would been a difference of about 15 points. And that definitely would have got him into the money. Matter of fact, would have got him, what's that, ninth place, tenth, eighth place maybe? Uh, it definitely would have, would have vaulted him into the money. Otherwise, like I like where his head's at. Hitman's bodyguard did seem to be the leader this weekend uh, from a total gross standpoint. But this just shows you the layers to playing the game that a platform release can be as much, if not more powerful, than a wide release. Okay, so that's what we got going on there. And as usual, all right, and now we've, we've equipped it so that you guys can check at your leisure the the scoring and, and, the, and the talent pool and everything. Um, this is the talent pool from, from last weekend, the weekend we just covered. Feel free to check it out. You can always find them on medium.com, medium.com slash at cinema draft that's our page and then under tournament results so if you go here and see who won what where up here you can see you go to the view box office and scoring results here click that and it'll take you to a view only version of the spreadsheet where it lays all out for you all the scoring and everything so so you can check for yourself, learn from your mistakes, build up a database to to uh, use AI from. I don't know, whatever you, whatever you fancy. All right. Okay. So let's go into this week's talent pool. We'll get into it real quick. Not a lot of openers this week. We have four new openers. Memoir of a Murderer, which is our foreign-focused film of the week. It, I believe it's uh, South Korean, maybe. So. Only on nine screens, so tread carefully. Uh, it. Now, it is poised to do big business. Check this out. You look up it. Uh, there you go. It opening weekend. Over under is looking at 67.5 million. Now, look, I'll admit the, the trailers look good. The trailers for it look super creepy. Well, actually, the way they do it. Originally, it doesn't look quite like it's like this horror film, at least the first trailer I saw. But, you know, but ever since, it just gets creepier and creepier. And and then they start showing pictures of the clown. The clown, I'm, I'm kind of out on the clown. The clown freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it looks almost like, the way they position it, it almost looks like the Goonies or Stand By Me, all these little 80s bikes and maybe a little 70s. No, it looks like the 80s, early 80s maybe. You know, basically the time I grew up, time when I was a little kid. Yeah, look at this. How Goonies-esque does this look like? Your resident chubby kid, your resident glasses kid, you know, all these little clean-cut, you know, uh, white kids get into innocent trouble, innocent fun, exploring, spelunking, whatever. And then they're into that. Oh, my God. Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise the Clown. That's where you lost me, y'all. This just, I mean, I don't do horror as it is, but Jesus, Mary, Joseph, this is a non-starter for me. It's a creepy clown. I have, I want no parts of it. I'm good. I, no, 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 no. Crazy. And then the red balloon thing. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Otherwise, I'm here for all the 80s uh, reminiscence, you know, and youthful uh, adventuring, you know. I mean, trust me, when I was, when I was what, 10 or whatever, when the Goonies came out, everyone wanted to be a Goonie. Everyone wanted to go find a cave to go explore or whatever and, and get into trouble. I had those socks, those pull-up, you know, wide-band striped socks, all that shit. But, yeah, it's just 
you had me till the clown, y'all. You had me till the clown. But apparently, the clown isn't a deterrent. It's an attraction. Uh, six, $67 million is the opening weekend estimate. So based off of that, <clears throat> we went high on this one. It's 28000 all across the board. Now, I got a question in the group chat today, um, which is fine, apropos. Uh, someone asked, why did I... Why did I salary all the all these actors at twenty eight thousand? And because everyone is so nondescript, and everyone, I mean, these are all like either first time or unknown or lesser known actors. I decided that they all should get twenty eight thousand. I mean, may I mean I don't know. I guess maybe I was I was showing bias against the clown because and maybe the clown is a, a draw for somebody. So maybe there can be there's an argument to be made that Bill Skarsgård could have been notched the tick up. But as for as an actor himself, no one's coming for Bill Skarsgård. I, I, I bet he's related to the to the, to the Hollywood Skarsgårds as far as uh, Alexander and and uh, what's the other one, Billy or whatever. Um, I don't know. Well, no, I guess he is Billy. Anyways, uh, no one's coming to see Bill Skarsgård in this movie, so everyone gets the same. Uh, every, everyone gets the same salary for this one. Twenty-eight thousand. Deal with it. Um, I'm sure we'll go over the strategy during the shot list in the hour long I'm taping later on, but I'm pretty sure everyone's going to just do a headliner stack and then have at it. So just be aware of that. If you're not headliner stacking it this weekend, you're probably getting it wrong. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, Home Again is new. Reese Witherspoon. Um, yeah, 7,600 to uh, 7,500 to start. All the way up to nine thousand Reese Witherspoon. Not a lot of information on this one. Um, matter of fact, we don't even have a screen count for this one. I don't believe. Uh, what's the theater count for this? Yeah, this is weird because this is this is not a small open. I don't think. I mean, <clears throat> even when I go to something, say, Home Again Showtimes here in Vegas, it pops up. It's coming out. I mean, when when you're having Thursday night screenings, I mean that's usually indicative of a fairly wide opening. So I don't know. Um, uh, so I just kind of made up a screen count for this. Uh, I believe it's going to be about 30, uh, 2,200 screens. So I listed that 2,200 screens in wide release. This There might be a curiosity factor only because Home Again has is being directed by the daughter of Nancy Myers. Yes, that Nancy Myers. What women want. What uh, I think she's a producer on this one. Is she? Uh, well, if you click on Hallie Myers Shire, they'll show that her mother is. Oh, I guess. Wow. Okay. Bold. Uh, bold. Oh, here we go. Daughter of Nancy Myers Charles Shire. There you go. So Nancy Myers. She's known for as good as it get. I think as good as it gets. Right. Um, let's see. Are these the? Oh, these are writer credits. Well, she most. She's mostly written and directed her movies, but. Um, Oh, actually, I take that back. I guess she's mostly been writing, but director, okay, The Parent Trap, What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, oh, that was delightful, It's Complicated, and The Intern. I like The Intern. No, no, nobody really saw it, but I like The Intern. And I guess she's had far more writing credits than directing credits, and I guess she kind of disappeared for a while um, from a directing standpoint. She, uh, she went six years between It's Complicated and The Intern, and I suppose she probably could have... Well, no, actually, I take that back. Who knows how this was developed? But anyways, she's a producer on this, I believe. Yep, she's a producer, helping shepherd her baby on her uh, on her directing debut. 
Nancy, you know, so she, you know, something, something's got to give in as good as it gets. Like she had, um, I'm sorry, no, she did not do as good as it gets. She did something's got to give and what women want. So she had a nice little run in the, in the aughts where she's a pretty hot commodity and she's, you know, you know, she, she's, she's a compliment. And then the holiday, I didn't realize she did the holiday. That, that was a sweet little film. Um, and so this is her daughter taking the reins uh, directing her her first film, and oh, I see what she did though. She hyphenated her mother's and her father's name. Okay, very interesting. Charles Shire, her her dad. Uh, and so I don't know what to make of this. Um, actually, let's let's go to Rotten Tomatoes real quick. I just want to do a little recon because <clears throat> this has all the trappings of a <clears throat> of a Reese Witherspoon ignore fest. Um, but I don't know much about it. It doesn't look like anybody knows much about it. Home Again. Are there any reviews out? Home Again. Ooh. Okay, only nine reviews in, 22%. It's not looking good for them. Uh, The basic premise is, you know, Reese Witherspoon is Reese Reese Witherspoon (laughs) or a version of herself. Uh, Or, or, you know, she plays a woman in L.A. uh, It's 40, whatever, I guess. She uh, is starting over in life somehow, and she... Uh, has a house full of young, stereotypically horny young guys living with her. I don't know what the I don't know what the, the rationale of the meet cute is for that. Basically, it's a bit of a romantic comedy. I guess she kind of falls for one at the same. Oh, that's right. She breaks. She she's uh, getting divorced. Whatever. So she, well, at the same time, while she's trying to somewhat possibly reconcile with her husband, I don't know. So it sounds kind of messy, very emotional, drama-ish. Um, I don't know. I don't have high hopes for this film. So that's why I. Salaried it accordingly, seventy five hundred up to nine thousand. And actually, if, and if you want to look at HSX, the oracle that it is, its players are trading the price at around. Oh, okay, that's a lot better than I thought. Than I saw it before. They're, uh, they're trading it at around nine million or ten million opening weekend. So that puts it on par with possibly being the second highest grossing movie of the weekend because. Otherwise, you're getting a lot of Hitman's Bodyguards, Leftovers. Um, 9-11 is being released on 400 screens, and I don't see any heat for that. Let's hot tomato it real quick. Uh, and it just feels, I don't know. It, I mean, it just feels very bloodless. Or not, actually, bloodless isn't even the right word. It just, I mean, look at it. No one's... Not 68% want to see it. Normally wants to see it. No reviews coming out. And this thing's coming out like on, on Friday. Um, of course, taking taking advantage of the timing of of another anniversary of 9/11. I guess the 16 year anniversary of 9/11. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I'm. I don't have high hopes for it. I have salaried it accordingly. But because it's got a little profile, it's got. It's going to be on 400 screens, which is at the upper end of platform release. And it's got Whoopi and Charlie Sheen, which are a bit of a draw. You know, there's some, they're, it's not like a total cast of unknowns like it. It might do some business. So for platform release, I definitely price it up some. You have to pay a little if you're going to want that. Um, and, and, yeah, and then, and then everything else will kind of go over a little bit in the shot list in, in the pod you will listen to tomorrow. But... I guess it's going to do it for now, everybody. Got to get ready for my next podcast taping. Um, uh, thanks for giving me the day off tomorrow, yesterday and letting me deliver this to you late. 
I appreciate y'all support. We've got to keep this going, everybody. Everybody tell some more friends, get more people involved. It's fantasy football season, I know. I've got three teams this year, and DraftKings is starting up, and all these other distractions, but Cinema Draft is still the only game you can play for your that will, that you can play that will pay you for your box office knowledge. Play for free, win cash money. Uh, we've paid out over eleven thousand in prizes to point to date. So let's keep this sucker going. Cinemadraft.co. That is Cinemadraft.co. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Follow us on all our social media. Uh, subscribe. iTunes. SoundCloud. Google Play, all that sort of stuff. Um, anywhere you get your fine podcasts. And between now and next time, everybody, why don't you go see a movie or something?